I'm Bo. And I'm Janie. And this is the only podcast on the internet that dares to ask the SEO-friendly question, what you watching? Hey, Jamie, what you watching? I still screwed <laughs> it up. Uh, <laughs> That's okay. Uh, peek behind the curtain. So, um, yeah, we started recording, and then the electricity went out, and so now we're recording again. So, Jamie... I know what the first thing you watched is, but I still I still want to talk about it anyway. All right. Uh, well, I've been watching a shit ton of Boardwalk Empire because uh, Brian found out that I had never seen it. And he's like, what the hell? So <laughs> we've been tearing through it on HBO and we're in the third season now. Yeah. And I am addicted. I love this show. How many seasons are there? Four. Okay. Oh, okay. So you're almost done. Yeah. And I'm going to be sad when I'm done, but you know, then it's, then I'll just move on to something else, I guess. Um, and, and as we established previously, this is a, a a show, uh, that is produced or executive produced by Scorsese. Yeah. And he, uh, directed the first episode Yeah, and for anyone who isn't familiar, this is a prohibition era, mob story with Stu Buscemi in the lead and I'm loving it and I love that he's in the lead I mean he doesn't often get lead roles or didn't uh you know just because he was uh kind of funny looking in a a (laughs) shit I can't still can't get that line right I told yeah I should what am I eat him up eat up with the dumbass (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm glad that we brought that back at least yeah, um, in the in, in the initial recording, uh, I can't remember now why I even brought it up, but um, that was something my grandmother used to say all the time. If I did something stupid, she'd be like, "What do you eat up with the dumbass?" Yeah, and, and, and then you uh, spat on her grave. I did, yeah, yeah. Well, because you said salt of the earth, and I was like, "No, it's more like we salted the earth when yeah. we buried her." Um, yeah, she wasn't a very warm person. You know, I wonder if, if you that, can imagine. <laughs> I wonder though if that's just not a thing that is somewhat generational. You know, oh, probably because I feel like we as a generation are a little bit. Oh, we, I, I mean, you and I, our generation, I think is a little bit nicer than the generations before and the generations after. Uh, I'm, I'll go along with that. You know what? I am very happy to be left out of the generational arguments Mm -hmm. that they're always having. You know, it's like boomers versus Gen Z and boomers versus millennials, whatever. We're Gen X. We're chill. We just stay the fuck out of it. Yeah. Nobody wants anything to do with us. And that's just fine with us. That, yep. Does not hurt my feelings at all. Leave me out of it. I mean, we're slackers. Remember? Yeah. We were the 'er (laughs) ne'er-do-wells. I... (laughs) You know, here's the thing that I run into a bunch with my my girlfriend's kids is I can't hit them the way I want. No, no, no. Um, <laughs> that they because they grew up online, right? Like these are yeah. th- this is the generation of they just are constantly looking at phones or tablets or whatever. Well, their generation I don't has never known life before online. Yeah, you know, like they were born on it, so. Yeah. Makes sense. And, um, and it, I mean, it drives me absolutely crazy. I can't, it, it's one of those things that I'm like, you know, 
if you're going to, and I, I have this rule with them of like, if you're going to talk to me and ask me a question, you have to pause whatever garbage you're watching on YouTube while you're doing, because otherwise they're just going to carry around the phone and it's just going to be blaring in their hand the entire time. And yeah. And it's rude. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, look, if, if you are, if you are asking me a question, I will give you my full attention and I will answer it. And in return, I expect the same, right? Like, so yeah. I'm, I'm planting the seeds for, I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I'm not break them of the habit because I think the, the ship has sailed on that. But at the very least, try to, you know, make them at least be courteous. But that's kind of what I was getting at, though, is that because they grew up on the Internet and stuff, not all the time. And they're they're actually really sweet kids. But every now and again, they will throw out something that is like, man, that is withering. This is like these are people who have just grown up with Internet trolls and know that language. And are just ready to reduce anyone to ash, you know, at the drop of the hat. It's it's crazy, man. And 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 again, just not something that we ever dealt with, you know. Like, I don't know that. I don't know that we're the most polite generation. That probably goes back to like the forties or fifties or something. But we were the most like laid back and just you know, a very live and let live kind of generation. Uh, more, yeah. more so than I think in any others in recent memory. I will agree with that. Um, although while we're on the subject of, of the kids, did I, I, I may have already told you this. I know I've talked about this before, but it, it's made me laugh so much that I keep bringing it up. So um, the girl child in question is uh she is 10 and every now and again she will whip out i don't know where she gets at like i don't know if this is like something that she is referencing from the multitude of internet videos she watches or whatever but every now and again she will tell somebody hey get in the back of the line joseph and i don't know <laughs> i don't know where it comes from and i don't know who joseph is and i haven't really picked at it that much but I find it very, very funny. No, that's pretty hilarious. I would love to know what that's from as well. Yeah, yeah. I might have to ask. The other thing that really cracked me up is uh, we were we were driving back from somewhere, and she was in the uh, the back seat, and to entertain herself, and mostly herself, but also her brother, she was playing. Uh, I think nail salon was kind of the the game that was ongoing, and. Um, I was asking her if uh, if she how long she was going to be open, um, <laughs> and she said, "Well, long enough for Mister Wachowski to get here. He's a handful." And I'm like, "I don't know who Mister Wachowski is, but I love the fact that this little girl was like, well, we have to account for Mister Wachowski.'" Isn't that? Um... Oh fuck. Uh, for monster scene yeah maybe yeah. so again this is not a thing i picked at i was just like all right i like the fact that you have a, a series of customers that you're expecting to come in and you're familiar with their you know their their peccadillos did uh she happen to say it like 
Mr. Wachowski. She did not. She did not. <laughs> so I, I don't know where it came from. It might have been that, but um, I'll tell you, here's the thing. I know we'll talk about movies more in a second, but here's another thing that's really fun is that um, she's into being scared. I can dig it. And Right. And it's really opened some things up. Like I, I was talking to my girlfriend about it. I was like, I think she might be ready for poltergeist. And, yeah, hell yeah. But I was like, I'm going to have to watch it just me and her because her older brother is not into that shit at all. Aww. And and it like he'll get scared. Like he couldn't she got really into Stranger Things and he was out on Stranger Things. Like that was too much for him. How old is he? He's 11. Okay. So, I mean, he's not like 15, like he would be fine, but he's just, he just doesn't like scary stuff. See, that would be my luck. I told Brian, I was like, look, it's probably a good thing we didn't have children because my luck would be that I would have a kid who was terrified of everything. And our house is nothing but horror everywhere yeah. you look. <laughs> like they wouldn't be able to come out of their bedroom. They'd just be... They'd be terrified of everything. That'd be my luck. I would try, you know, to to ease them into becoming the horror fan that they should be. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I don't know if I'd be successful at it. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's kind of fun, though, because one definitely is not, you know, uh, the boy child. Definitely not a, not into horror movies or anything. But the girl, 100%. Like, I see all the signs and I'm like, oh, we're going to have some fun. Uh, I, well, you know what? Go for it. And Poltergeist is a great place to start. I recently watched that just because. And I still, that movie holds up amazingly well. Yeah. And I saw that in the theater when I was, what, eight, seven, depending on what time of year it was released. So, um, yeah, I mean, go for or Of course, I was already like preconditioned at that point <laughs> you yeah. know by the time i got to, to that age i had had my hooks in horror for a very long time pretty much since i was born but uh, that's a good place to start it's a good movie to start with you know and yeah i'd say go for it does um does the does her mom support that yeah yeah she's into it she was she was just like you can't show the boy though like he'll he'll lose his mind and I was like, yeah, that's fine. Like, like the girl, um, we went to see uh, the new Thor movie, which I'll, I'll talk about that here in a second. Um, but when we went to see the new Thor movie, one of the trailers in front of it was this new Idris Elba movie with him and Charlotte Copley called Beast. Do you know? Oh, that? I saw that trailer. Yeah. Yeah. So we saw that trailer in front of uh, Love and Thunder and the boy was like, nope. I have no interest in seeing that at all. And the girl was like, we, we need to go see that. That looks great. There's a lion trying to eat people that I want to see that. And I'm like, yeah, all right. I know, I know which side my bread's buttered on. Well, yes, we will go see that. Um, <laughs> so I, uh, I've lucked in to a, a kid who absolutely wants to see animals eating people. And oh, that's like your dream come true. I know I couldn't be happier. It's you know like have you seen Grizzly? 
Right, yeah. I'm like I've I'm in my imaginings, I'm like, there's all these movies that I can be like, hey, how about how about we sit down and watch this? Like I told her we'll we'll watch the rest of Stranger Things together because she's really into that. Mm-hmm. Um and so we'll we'll watch that. And I haven't seen all of Stranger Things, so that'll a lot of that'll be new to me. Um but yeah, I, once Halloween rolls around, it's like, all right, let me I, I got to pick the right movie so it's not too much, but I think Poltergeist is definitely where we're going to start. She's seen Gremlins. Like, Gremlins was one that we talked about, uh, me and her mom, you know? Like, what can I get away with? And uh, I was like, well... What about we- something like Monster Squad? Monster Squad, I we'll see. We'll see. I, like, I'm not against it. I don't know how it'll play for her, you know? Because it might be even too tame. So we'll see, but I'll, I don't know. we'll give it a shot. We'll give it a spin. I ain't against it. Um, but, uh, yeah, we'll see. And, and, but it, again, the world is my burrito. Now I've got, I've got a young child that I can influence poorly. <laughs> it doesn't get any better than that. I, yeah. I'm very excited about it. Um, speaking of love and thunder though, I'll go ahead and, and, uh, mention that since, uh, you know, we were on topic. Um, so Thor love and thunder. I am a big fan of the Taika Watiti. I am as well. Uh, have you been watching the new season of what we do in the shadows? I have not. Oh. And that's, that's another one that I have to catch up on. Cause I, well, because I, um, since i got hulu i've been trying to kind of weasel it in there but we keep having other things that we have to watch and it keeps getting pushed to the back to the back burner yeah um i can't recommend it enough it is delightful um yeah what we do in the shadows this season has been very funny one of the characters just slight spoilers but it's kind of the overarching story this season is one of them wants to open up a vampire nightclub a la Blade. And um, and the various problems that go along with the construction and opening of that club for vampires. Um, and it's been very funny. Um, so, yeah, that's been really good. Anyway, the, but so I like Taika Waititi a lot. Uh, I, li- I like his that style of comedy. Thor Love and Thunder, if... Did you see Thor Ragnarok? I did. Did you enjoy that? I loved it. Okay, imagine if it was less serious than that. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's very silly. Um I mean it's got it's definitely got a little bit of of pathos to it. Um with the the Natalie Portman character coming back and um there there's some emotional weight there. But it's very much a comedy. Um, although Christian Bale is really scary. He makes a good villain. He's pretty creepy in, in The Love and Thunder. And um, that, But there's a running gag, which I, I, I will spoil the concept of it. But the execution is what's going to make you laugh anyway. Is in the beginning of the film, Thor like saves a bunch of people. And so they gift him these two like giant space llamas that are a constant companion for the rest of the film. And much like, (laughs) much like uh, uh, those uh, goats that do this as well, they just constantly scream. Uh, 
<laughs> and there are a couple of gags that are built around like a well-timed screaming llama that is choice. It's very good. I, I like. I think it's very slight. Uh, you know, as the Marvel movies go, what I'm looking for out of those things is just to have a good time. And yeah. I had a good time in Love and Thunder. It's you know, I, it was fun. Not my favorite Marvel movie. Like, I, I, if I want to get serious about movies, I like I like I like those Spider-Man movies a whole bunch. Um, those are like I take those more seriously than I should. Where I'm like, oh my god, this is the one where Spider-Man really becomes a man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but but love and thunder like the, the the ragnarok and love and thunder both are movies that i'm like oh i could throw these on anytime and you know get some laughs out of it um well well um i loved ragnarok so i was actually looking forward to love and thunder because i just ragnarok i was just like oh, oh my god i love it so much and i'm i'm not across the board marvel fan like i don't I don't even watch all the movies, mm -hmm. you know, like I, I have not seen Captain Marvel. Um, yeah. What is it? And I, and, and, you know, a handful of others, actually, I never saw the first Thor movie. Ragnarok was the first Thor that I saw. Yeah, it's a, a, I, that, you, you, you did it right. Uh, that's, uh, that's what I was figuring. Um, so I'm very, like, I pick and choose, you know, and I, I happen to love Doctor Strange as a character. So we watched uh, Doctor Strange in the uh, Multiverse of Madness, mm -hmm. which uh, I had fun with. I I do wish they had spent a little more time just with the multiverse, just because it's such a, a rich play, like, playground of things you can do, like... Um, for instance, with everything, everywhere, all at once, you know, just oh, I haven't seen that yet. silly things, you know, um, like the, this is the, this is the multiverse with, you know, hot dogs for fingers. You know, I don't like, <laughs> I don't know. It's uh, if you haven't, you should, uh, I think you'd really get a kick out I, of it. Yeah. It's, I've heard nothing but good things. I'm kind it's of really fun. Yeah. I'm just waiting for it not to be a $20 rental, but as soon as it is a five or $6 rental, I am a hundred percent on it. I hear that it is uh yeah it's super fun i and i like um i like multiverse stuff anyway like i love rick mm -hmm. and morty you know and it's just it's fun to play with and i wish they had played with that a little bit more in doctor strange but i still i love the character so it, i'm and i love you know bumberdeck sninger bitch yeah and <laughs> he's just i just have a thing for him so dimple dumb cumberbund yeah, so I had uh, I had fun with it. It wasn't. Uh, I actually prefer the other Doctor Strange movie, just Doctor Strange. I mm -hmm. I thought that was better for me, but I still had a good time with it. Oh, you know, it was, while we're on the topic of the Doctor Strange movie, what I liked about it is the. I I, I agree with you. I think that there there was plenty more that you could have done with the multiverse stuff. Um, cause it's really just the one segment where you're kind of bouncing through a bunch of them. It's like, oh, he's animated. And this one and he's like, oh, there's paint and yeah. oh, there's, you know, and it just goes by so fast. Yeah. And it was cool, but it was like, and, and there's the other, uh, I'll get to the thing I really like, but that, the, that scene where they're basically fighting with musical notes yeah, and it was like, oh, this is really cool and inventive, and like I, I like this a lot. 
Um, but that whole sequence in kind of the middle, the from the point where he gets thrown in jail to where he breaks free of that is like some of the darkest stuff that has ever been in a Marvel movie. And it was like, oh man, I really wish there had been, I wish the whole movie had been this tone, you know, of, of just incredibly grim, um, which is probably not what most people are coming to, you know, Marvel movies for, but, uh, I thought you know, like there were just some people like, oh, he's dead. Oh, he just, oh, he's dead too. Okay. Got it. You know, and eh, yeah, at the end of the day, does it really, you know, does it, I mean, that's all multiverse stuff. So it doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of the canon of these movies, but still yeah. it was dark in a way that those movies aren't, you know? Well, what's funny is when we were watching it, I had totally forgotten that Sam Raimi directed it mm -hmm. and I just wasn't even thinking about it. And then you get toward the end where like the corp the the goat i don't know if they're what are they corpses or ghosts or yeah, yeah they're kind of zombies yeah <laughs> yeah or and i was like god and it, i was just thinking to myself it's like a raimi movie and then i then i remembered I, and i was like and out loud i was like holy shit i, I totally forgot sam raimi directed this yeah. and brian's like yeah <laughs> like well it in that moment it was <laughs> extremely obvious you know, it was, um, it just felt like a Raimi movie, yeah. not all the way through, but, but there were parts that it was clear that it was directed by Raimi. And I like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and my understanding is that there is a cut of that movie that is much more of a Raimi film ah. and, you know, and then Marvel when they put their, you know, kind of gloss on it, which I get, like, I understand they are, they are. They're putting together a product that is going to appeal to the most people that it possibly can, and that is what has made them billions of dollars, and I totally understand it. I do not fault them for that, but I would love to... Uh, I wish I wish there was a director's cut of that movie just to enjoy the like what Raimi would have done left to his own devices. Um, Start a movement. Hashtag Raimi cut. I, you know... I don't want to be in that that group. <laughs> that whole like I saw what that leads to. I saw that Snyder cut thing, and that is one of the most boring pieces of shit I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I actually liked it better than the first one, but even then, I'm like, you could have ended this about 20 minutes ago, right? Yeah. It's, what if it were the same thing only four hours long? And I don't. <laughs> I have no interest in that. So did you not go back and watch it and all over again in black and white? <laughs> no. The only reason I watched the Snyder Cut in the first place was because we did it for the 100th episode of Pick 6. Oh, yeah. And, and which, again, you know, that it made sense to do it because why not punish ourselves as much as possible for doing 100 episodes of that show? But, uh, man, oh, oh. I, I I just don't like Zack Snyder movies is what I've learned. And like I, there are a couple of early ones that I like. Like I like his uh his uh, Dawn of the Dead. And that might be it. And every I mean I I I can see that. I liked um oh uh, The Watchmen. 
Yeah, okay. I'll give you Watchmen. Yeah, that's all right. Even though that movie gets a lot of shit these days, which I don't understand because when it came out, I don't recall anyone saying anything bad about it. I thought people liked it across the board pretty much, and except for Alan uh alan moore yeah alan moore who hates it he hates everything right so uh, i i didn't hear anybody say anything bad about it but now it gets a lot of shit which i just think is weird yeah yeah i i don't think that movie is terrible i i think it's okay it's been a while since i've seen it but i remember enjoying that well enough oh i also really like 300 Mm, i don't know about that one (laughs) I, i i enjoyed it when i saw it the first time and then the more, the, like, on, on subsequent viewings, I was like, I don't think this movie is actually that good. I, like, I think it's very stylish, but I don't know how well, good yeah. it is. And, that, yeah. and yeah. then, you know, one, once I hit Sucker Punch, Sucker Punch was the one where I was like, oh. I'm totally off, off the wagon now. I cannot do any, no, any I, more Zack Snyder. Thank you for that, because I feel like I'm in such a minority when it comes to that film. Brian doesn't like it either, but it's just everyone was just glowing about it. And I'm like, oh, this movie is not good. Like, I just, for people like it, that's fine. You know, obviously, that you know, you have, you like what you like. Mm-hmm. But I did not. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I didn't really. And again, it's more, it's very stylish, but it also happens to be a style that tends to annoy me. So <laughs> it's just like, well, it's just a bunch of music videos with a background of sexual assault that I don't need. Yeah, you know, that's a, if you got to boil it down, that's what it boils down to. Yeah, yeah, it, like that movie is. I know that there was some part of him that was like, "This is about female empowerment," and it's like, no. No, not even a little bit. This movie is creepy and gross. Um. Anyway, what <laughs> what else have you been watching? I feel like we covered like four things in that that medley of movies. Uh let's see. I said, oh, I said Doctor Strange. I think it's your turn. Oh, okay. Um. I saw. Oh, let me talk about. Nope, that's what uh, we were talking about when the the lights went out. Oh yeah. So, um, I and again, this will be completely non spoilery, and I will I will try to recap what I said previously, which is, um, it is my least favorite of Jordan Peele's movies. I don't think it's bad. Um, I think it's really really interesting. Um, and. I, what I will say is that Jordan Peele 100% swings for the fences. And that is occasionally leads to a foul ball or two to extend this particular sports metaphor. Um, but I, uh, I enjoyed it. I had a good time while I was watching it. Then when I got to the end, I was like, but what about, what about this guy? Like, what is, as I started to think about like, what is the journey of this character through the movie? And, you know the ultimate fate of this character what does that really mean and what is Peel trying to say um as i told you before the movie that i really want to watch is the movie about the chimpanzee named gordy um that once you see it there are some scenes with gordy the chimp that are like this needs to be the whole movie um but but also the the you know 
there there are Spielbergian elements to this movie and um and and kind of like old school Spielberg where Spielberg would get pretty dark. And I mean I think it's an R-rated film. Um and it's not gross but it's definitely intense at times and and I'm, I'm like I'll be curious to hear your thoughts on the movie because the it's it's sort of audacious in the directions it goes sometimes which are not necessarily the most satisfying decisions I found but they're certainly like it's it's not a movie I will soon forget you know like it 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 does some it has some moves in it that I'm like wow I never would have seen that coming and I will not like it, it is a movie that does not have an easy comparison to another movie. And, okay. Well, and, I'll find out tomorrow. We're going to go see it tomorrow night. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you'll have to shoot me a text or something and just let me know your thoughts on it. Um, but you know, it's, if, if you just watch it superficially, and you're not stopping to think about how everything all fits together, then I think it's probably better. Um, then it, it like once you start to really like, well, what about this and what about this and what about this? That's where I think you start to see some some threads. But that's kind of how I felt about us, also. Um, yeah, I uh, I have heard everyone that I know who has seen it, yourself included, has said that this is their least favorite of his films. And for me, honestly, and I really liked us, mm -hmm. but I think get out is a straight up masterpiece. Mm -hmm. Like there is absolutely nothing I would change about that film. I didn't get that with us. You know, I still really like it. I just don't love it as much as I love get out. Like yeah. that was just astounding. And us, I thought was a really interesting story. And I did really like it. It just didn't hit me as hard as Get Out did. So I don't know if he's just continuing to just, just I don't know, go down, you know, which is I, kind of depressing. But. I, you know, it made me think a little bit about M. Night Shyamalan of um, like, oh, wow, you know, the, uh, the Sixth Sense is amazing. And then Signs is pretty good. And Unbreakable is pretty good. And then The Village happened and... You know, like I, I, I don't like, I, I like all of Jordan Peele's movies to one degree or another, you know, all three of them. Um, so I don't know that I'm willing to go down that road yet of, of the Shyamalan comparison, but it definitely occurred to me that like, well, if he puts out a movie, that's a real stinker, then I don't think that you can deny the comparisons to M. Night Shyamalan of, of like, oh, he did a, he came out of the gate with a movie mm -hmm. that was one of the best movies he ever saw. And then everything else is like diminishing returns. Um, but also like the, that the other part of the comparison is that like Shyamalan swung for the fences too, you know, yeah. like not so much with signs. I think signs was a little bit, underwhelming like there are things i oh, really like about with signs, signs but... he swung away right exactly <laughs> well played. speaking of nope did you see that viral tweet from adam ellis 
No. Um, so there's this tweet last week that went viral. And uh, the reason I bring it up is because Jordan Peele got involved. And uh, the, the original tweet was, I know this is a hot take, but at what point do we declare Jordan Peele the best horror director of all time? Can you think of another horror director that had three great films, let alone three in a row? I can't. Well, as you can imagine, he was slaughtered. he was slaughtered online and uh, because that is the stupidest take I think I've ever heard and clearly you don't know anything about horror if you think no other horror director has had three great movies and of course one of the ones that people name checked would be Carpenter Mm -hmm. and uh, his response to that was something like well they're just cult classics you know anyway I'm like okay well you are stupid Um, (laughs) But then this is where Jordan Peele gets involved, and I love him for this. He tweeted, sir, please put the phone down. I beg you. And then he tweeted again and said, sorry, I love your enthusiasm, but I will just not tolerate any John Carpenter slander. And that went so, Variety even picked up that story. And it was a headline on Variety that, uh, that, he went at this guy now i mean he wasn't being mean but he's just like look you don't don't run down other directors other more accomplished directors than me you know like i appreciate the fact that you love my movies but i mean either this guy the original guy uh, has no idea what he's talking about or he was really just trying to get jordan peele's attention and at which point he did but not the attention he wanted i guess but I was just like, are, are you serious right now? Like, you can't think of any other horror director who has three great movies. You really can't. Because I'm, I could just, without even thinking about it, roll off a whole list off my tongue. And even when you narrow it down to three in a row, I've still got, a, I've still got plenty. Yeah. You know, yeah, so yeah. I don't know what he's thinking. But I just thought that was kind of funny. And I love that Jordan Peele jumped in. And well, I think Jordan Peele, you know, for whatever complaints I have about his films, has a great appreciation for the horror genre, and and yeah, I mean, it just it it reflects well on him to, you know, be like, no, 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 like yes, I even if you take the presumption of I've made three great movies then that's still not a Carpenter run. Like Carpenter's run from the like mid to late seventies into the eighties is crazy good. Oh yeah. I mean, and the only other one and Carpenter is Brian's favorite director of mm -hmm. all time. Sure, 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 sure. And the only other one that he will ever even put us, you know, side by side with Carpenter as far as streaks go is Flanagan. Flanagan's real good, yeah. Or what about Cronenberg? Uh, that's my favorite. Yeah, I I always bring him up, but but yeah, I mean there are tons of directors who had a really great street. Hell, uh, Ty West did now and then he kind of disappeared, but then he came back with X. Mm-hmm. I still haven't forgiven him over the sacrament, and. I feel really bad about it. I was going to try to exonerate him this weekend. I actually watched a video and I was like, Ooh, maybe this will exonerate him because they were talking about the sacrament and you know, they um, were like, Oh, what happened to the sacrament? And I was hoping they were going to give a reason as to why he didn't give any kind of credit at all, not credit, but acknowledgement at all to the actual uh, Jonestown 
incident, which was far more horrific than the film he made. And I just, it always bugged me that he never put anything in the movie, like as far as in the credits, like anything as in like, you know, a a dedication to those who fell. I mean, something, you know, but he never mentioned it. And when that movie came out, a lot of people were under the impression that that was an original idea. And I was irritated that he, you know, just allowed people to think that. And I'm like, this is a real horrific tragedy that happened and what actually happened is way worse than the 167 people that died in the sacrament um but no there was no explanation it was just that he didn't and i'm like oh fuck you like i wanted to i want to forgive him for that but i can't like i i still can't but i mean it's a good movie and that's the part that that hurts me is Mm. because i think it's a really good movie it just really irritates me that there's zero mention of the nearly a thousand people that fell victim to jim jones but yeah yeah what are you gonna do and this is a, a little bit of a stretch in in terms of making a comparison but it's sort of like when that star trek sequel came out that jj abrams did Mm-hmm. And everybody was like, oh, so this is Wrath of Khan? And he was like, it's totally not Wrath of Khan. And then you went to see it and was like, oh, this is totally Wrath of Khan. Right. And, you know, I mean, the, nobody actually died because of Khan, Nooney, and Singh. But, <laughs> well, um, no, but it's the, yeah, I mean, it's just, I don't know, acknowledge. Right, just something. Just say what the movie is. It's okay. You can be like, oh, no, this is me kind of fictionalizing Jonestown. That's fine. Nobody's going to eat your lunch about that. I don't think, uh, I mean, because hell, it was 40 years ago. It's not, uh, it's not like anybody's going to be offended by the fact that you made a movie about it. I mean, hell, I don't think anybody could be scarier than Powers Booth was when he made his version of the Jonestown movie. Uh, But it, um, it, you know, no one's going to come down on him for that what i was coming down on him for is like look you didn't create this you didn't invent this this is i mean it was everything from the sunglasses to the i was gonna say rite aid um <laughs> not kool-aid what is it CVS. Drink, uh, f- flavor aid yeah um it was i mean everything and even to the father you know talking them through it and Honestly, if you've never listened to the the Jim Jones recording of the night that everybody died, that is one of the most horrific things I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. I mean, it is terrifying. Yeah, I was going to say, if you've never heard it, don't. Yeah, you know, it's on it's, YouTube if anybody has a, it hasn't, but and is interested. But um, it's terrifying. It, it is terrifying. It is and heartbreaking. Yeah, and. Uh, and it's just like, my God, what these people went through. And then for him, I guess what it is, is that by not acknowledging at it at all, it seems as if he's, it's very flippant. You know, I, I would have thought it would have been more respectful had he at least mentioned it. Um, and not in the movie itself, but, you know, uh, before or after, mm-hmm. you know, something just acknowledge that the real people died and a lot more. And, in, and it was a lot more horrific. And uh, even more like when the senator, his whole group that went down, more people died there than in the vice people that went with in, in the sacrament. So mm-hmm. it's just like, I don't know. I, I just, I've always felt it was kind of by not acknowledging it, it does come off a little tasteless, yeah. but that's just my point of view. But 
Yeah, I, 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 I do think it's a little bit of a problem, yeah. Um, uh, speaking of little bits of problems, what's your next movie? Oh, well, against your better judgment, uh-huh. I watched Choose or Die. Oh, wait. Oh, right. Okay, I had to think for a second which one this was. It's the Netflix horror movie that is... Yeah. Uh, well, I, I don't want to color... I don't want to let my opinion of the movie color your thoughts on the film. What did you think of Choose or Die? I mean, eh, like, I've seen worse. It wasn't it wasn't terrible. It was okay. But I wasn't... I, I kind of feel like toward the end, it's like I'm going, I'm on this, all right, I'm, I'm with you. Let's do it. I'm with you. But then you get to the end and I'm like, wait, what the fuck just happened? Like, yeah. <laughs> like how did he do this? Like, like as far as the construction of the, what was going on and the, and the implementation, I, I, it makes no sense to me. Like it really, it doesn't make any sense. And I'm like, well, it's a neat idea, but it doesn't really, I, I just don't feel like they fleshed it out as, you know? And so. Also it has that. And I was like, wow. Yeah, right it has that terrible setup for a sequel at the end where you're like i don't that you, oh yeah you have not earned a sequel drop like this this would who do you think you are escape room <laughs> what was it uh was it the devil inside that was like for more information go to like and they give you a website uh-huh. or something at the end and i was just like oh fuck you <laughs> right that's a movie but yeah I oh man the devil inside I've almost gone back to rewatch because I'm like I remember nothing about this movie other than I did not think it was very good. Well, and I realized because I was trying to come up with a movie to watch for W for um, we're on W on ABCs mm-hmm. and I was like oh and I pulled out where well turns out I covered that in the first season so I was like oh okay but I didn't know this until I pulled out the disc and then across the top of the disc because it's like from the director of the devil inside and I was like oh fuck really because I love where <laughs> the devil inside not so much I never would have guessed like I just it doesn't seem like the same guy to me but yeah I ugh. There, there's another movie coming out pretty soon called Pray for the Devil, I think is the name of it. I think I've seen something about that. Yeah, and the, when I saw the trailer, I was like, this is a movie I'm 100% going to see, and I shouldn't. I know I shouldn't. I know, they're like, <laughs> this, this movie is not going to be good, but it is exactly the kind of schlock that I cannot resist. And so, yeah, I'll, <laughs> coming soon on what you watch it, pray for the devil. Um, it's just a matter of time. Whenever that thing hits theaters, it's going to be one of those like, you know, I'm going to take off s- Saturday afternoon. I'm going to use the Regal Unlimited app and I'm going to go see this movie for about 38 cents. And it's going to be worth every every bit of that Sentiment. 38 cents. Yeah. <laughs> um, ugh, ugh, I'm such a stupid person. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a, you know, there fun can be had when you subject yourself to things and look, you never know it, they could, things could end up being better than you initially thought they would be. And then you've got to win. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that's how it's going to go, but we'll see. Uh, but you're right. You're right. It could be good. Um, I mean, it could be another choose or die. 
here's, <laughs> you know, getting back to that, here's the, here's one of my big problems with Choose or Die, and I think I, I told you this when after I saw it, which is it's it feels toothless. Like there's nothing. Uh, like I don't need it to be a, a splatter movie or anything, but it needed to be a little bit more violent. Mm-hmm. Because what, well, yeah, it should have been tough and ruthless, but instead it was rough and toothless. Oh, well played. <laughs> the old dipsy doodle is what you did with that one. <laughs> um, hey, I, I'll tell you something that I watched, and I don't know that I'd ever seen all the way through. Um, okay. It, you know what? I, scratch that. I'm gonna okay. uh, let me talk about another movie. <laughs> Is I've I caught up to that movie Dashcam, the one that's the host oh. guy. Yeah, that's the one. Oh no, I'm thinking of Spree. Um, which one is Dashcam? Dashcam is the one where it's the uh, awful human being who goes to England and um, basically get takes a job doing an Uber kind of thing by taking her, like the guy that's putting her up. He ba- she basically steals his car. Oh, you know what? I, there's another movie called Dash Cam that I ended up watching because I watched the wrong one. And it was that was the good one. It was the one that was, um, I think I mentioned, I messaged you and Duncan about it. And it was the one where, oh, it was kind of like a, kind of like, um, oh, what's that Cronenberg movie? I mean, not Cronenberg. What's that De Palma movie? Blowout. It was kind of like, oh. Okay. blow out slash blow up you know but like a cyber version of it and that was really good but i I didn't actually see the new dash cam okay so like i said it's it's the guy who did host or the host um which i thought was a pretty good you know not found footage exactly but that kind of digital style horror movie um in the in the uh tradition of unfriended right um uh it it's that kind of vibe the problem with the movie is that the main character is just reprehensible and i can't get a bead on how the and maybe this isn't really a complaint as much as it is i wish for what the movie put this character through i wish i had more sympathy for her instead of just wanting her to die most of the film Mm, Um, you know that that's the same thing duncan said and i think somebody else that was talking about that movie said exactly the same thing oh i think it was kate yeah somebody said exactly the same thing about the lead character yeah she's just terrible and um but that being said i ended up giving this movie like a two and a half or something out of out of five and the reason is is because the the lead character is so terrible and i wanted her to die and I was like all through the movie, I'm just rooting against her, <laughs> which is a weird place to be in a movie like this, because it's like, oh, she picks up this random woman or takes some money to take this woman, you know, out in the middle of nowhere. And as a as a result, like all of a sudden, supernatural stuff starts popping off and things get increasingly crazy. And there's a moment that gets close to a wreck level of just like, oh my God, this thing is really, really got the, the, the pedal down. You know, like the last 20 minutes of the movie are 
intense. And and it's there are things I really liked about it. Um, but like I said, the, the lead character is just so deplorable that it's, it was hard to kind of get into it. Like I, it, it made the movie, it, it, it kept the movie at an arm's length for me because I could never empathize with the main character enough to feel like, well, if this were me or, you know. Um, I just kept thinking, like, why, why on earth would you want this character to be your your protagonist? Um, you know, because it's a lot of, you know, obviously this was filmed at, uh, you know, the height of COVID restrictions and so forth. And she's just very, um, very confrontational about people wearing masks and stuff. And, and as someone who has recently had the COVID, uh, you know, that shit is no fun. And having somebody make fun of it is like, oof, you're, you're not making me, you're not endearing yourself to me, you know? Right. Um, so it's a bummer, but because it, 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 the movie is more of a mixed bag than it should be. And I almost want to listen to a director's commentary just to hear a director explain why you would take this approach to have such an unlikable protagonist for a movie like this. Well, that was going to be my question is like, was that intentional? And if it was like, does she have an arc? Is she, you know, are you on her side by the time you get to the end of it? No, uh, no. I mean, so, not and what's the point. Why would you ever do that? That's, that's the question I have is I don't understand if at any point, like, is the movie supposed to be a reflection of, me like well it makes me a bad person because even though she's a, a complete shithead i i'm the bad person for rooting for her to die in this scenario you know is this like a movie that's holding the mirror up to me as a as a a, a you know a participant uh of some sort in the in the actual torture of this character um so i I don't know i don't know that's not how it felt and especially the way that it ends and and the end credit sequence in particular it was like i don't know that that was the point you know i could get behind it more if it was like you know just because this this character is reprehensible you shouldn't be rooting for them to die um but i don't know that that was the the ultimate message of the film mm. so i don't know well, it wouldn't work on me anyway um <laughs> because i mean you try to um make me reflect on something like that and if it were real life that might be a different story sure but uh you know in a film situation a made-up character yeah i'll root for them to die all day long i yeah, <laughs> if well, i you know if they deserve it they deserve it like what you do you know, do? i mean there there is that layer of like uh michael haneke's funny games of like you i as... was thinking about that as soon as you said it i mean yeah. as soon as you said maybe it's you know one of those which honestly i could slap him across the face for that too because it's just like don't don't make a movie that is geared toward this fan base and then preach at us while you're doing it for being who we are. Yeah. I, like, that irritates me. I, I know, do like the movie, but it irritates me. 
Yeah, and I, I, I think there's, like, that conversation ought to be had. Like, is the audience complicit in the violence if that's why the audience comes to the movie, you know? Um, you know, I th- there is an interesting conversation to be had about that. But I mean, yeah, but I am complicit in the violence, and I'll tell you that outright. <laughs> yes, if I'm going to see a film where I know that there is going to be violence, you're damn right I'm complicit in it. Yeah. That's what, you know, that's why I'm there. Um, um, and yeah. I don't need your moral, I don't need you wagging your moral finger at me. I'll give you a finger right back. Right, but again, I th- I think there is, that's at least a perspective, right? Like, whether or not you agree with it, that is uh, Michael Haneke as an artist passing his judgment yeah. and, and using film as an artistic way to convey that idea. And that's the problem I have with Dashcam is like, Haneke is not like hiding his his opinion of this, you know? Like, but Dashcam, it feels... It feels a little dicey. I, I just don't. I don't know that it's that high-minded. And if it's not that high-minded, then what the hell am I supposed to be getting out of this? So anyway. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what What about you? Okay. Um, rolling on with something else new. We watched Incantation, which is on Netflix. Oh, how is that? I. I. That may be something I watch tonight. As a matter of fact. Well, I mean. It is found footage, so there's, you know, there's that. (laughs) Okay. That doesn't sound Um, necessarily like a positive review. Well, you know, here's the thing. Like, it starts (laughs) off, it started off really strong, and I was on board. And I I love the idea. I love what it's trying to say. I, you know, I, I just feel that ultimately it comes off kind of messy and uneven. Mm -hmm. And, um they do kind of like a non-linear storytelling thing, which I don't have a problem with. That's fine. I just don't feel like it was used as effectively as it could be. And a lot of times it was almost like they don't completely grasp how found footage works because there are numerous times throughout the movie where I was like, okay, who the fuck's filming that? Like, you know, it just, it doesn't, it's, but, um, it's also really long and, the the unfortunate thing is that the for me anyway the scares were not effective at all like not even a little bit because they they tend to lean on things we've seen a lot and i you know you could have a very different takeaway because i've seen uh actually mike merriman messaged me over the weekend and he was like hey have you watched incantation and i'm like no not yet it's on our list is it good and he said yes and i was like okay good so i was you know looking forward to it and then i just feel like it was like really longer than it needed to be for one and then uh, long stretches of it were kind of boring i still like where what they were going for i just don't think they nailed it but like i said i have been really loving it I would be interested to see what your takeaway is. It might be totally different. You know, while we're on the subject of uh, found footage, though, can we just once more reiterate how good the medium is? Oh, my God. I am so upset with myself that I didn't see that movie before I made my end of the year list because it totally would have made my end of the year list. However, the reason I didn't is because until I had like got a handle on my eye situation, like all most of last year, I was unable to watch subtitled films just because I couldn't, 
by the time I was able to focus on them, uh, they were already gone. You know, they move, it moved too fast. And the, the, the thing that I was going through with my eyes required me to like, I had to stop and like consciously focus on things that I was reading. And so it just gave me a headache. And also I would end up missing most of the movie. So uh, I did actually watch it a few months ago and just sort of powered through it. And I was like, holy shit, this movie's really good. (laughs) Oh my God. I loved it. Loved it. Like just fucking loved it. And I was really upset that I didn't see it earlier. Well, as you were talking about incantation, I just kept thinking like, oh, well, it's, it's, you know, it's subtitled, it's a little long. And it's like, well, that both of those things are true of the medium. The difference is that the medium rules, you know, like it's, it's legit creepy and unsettling. And again, another movie that understands that the back end of a found footage movie should just be relentless. And, uh, that's, that's, I think what I like most in, in a good found footage movie, you know, and this goes back to like Blair Witch of just make the last 10, 15, 20 minutes of the movie, just an assault on the viewer, you know, like don't, don't give them a chance to breathe. Don't give them a chance to not be scared. Yeah. Knock the brake stick off and let it roll downhill and pick up speed and run over whoever it gets to along the way. And that, yeah, that's a, I I think that, I think the medium does that. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, for sure. And you know, it's the guy who directed the, you know, shutter, which is one of my favorite horror movies ever. And shutter is one of, it is definitely my favorite Asian horror. And probably i don't know where it would rank like on my top list but it's it's in there uh it's not like top 10 or anything but it's it would if it'll probably make my top 100 um but i'm i I do i I think that there are some very successful moments in that film just that genuinely scare me yeah like i i think that shutter is genuinely scary and uh so i think the medium is too like I think it works like completely. Oh yeah. I, I mean, uh, Banjong Pisantanakun, I think is the guy's name, um, who did shutter in the medium as well as he did something else that I'm forgetting that I thought was pretty good. Um, Oh, uh, he did, um, uh, a couple of segments in, in the phobia movies, which are, oh, are pretty okay. good. Um, at any rate, yeah, yeah. I mean, the uh, you know, I I'm starting to reach a point. I think where it's like, okay, I'm I'm going to start to try to break down that dividing line between, you know, this is good Asian horror, and then like this is just good horror, because like the medium is again, you know, like you were saying, if you had seen it prior to putting your end of year list together, it goes on that list. And like, there's just, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there are a handful of movies in that category of like, you know, whether it's, uh, the medium or, um, 
uh, I, I was going to say the sadness. The sadness probably wouldn't end up on an end of year list for me, but but I could see it being on those lists. What is the movie I'm I'm trying? The Wailing. That's what I'm trying to think of. Um, the Wailing and Train to Busan and stuff like that, where it's just like, you know, these are just among my favorite horror movies of the past few years without the distinction of the the nation of origin. You know, um, not not oh, yeah. not to say that it you know, like it's wrong to place them, them in that category. It's just, I, I'm like, I, I don't, I feel like I've seen enough Asian horror at this point that it's just, that's kind of my vibe. And so I'm trying to, I'm trying to break myself of that habit of like, well, you know, for an Asian horror movie, this one's pretty good. It's like, eh, I think it's just, that's what I like. The, uh, we, speaking of the sadness, I just watched it again because we had a, a one of our patrons requested a review of the sadness and <laughs> because you were feeling too good. Yeah. <laughs> I was in such a good mood. And then I was like, now we got to bring this down. Um, but you know, she requested, she's like, Hey, could you guys do a breakdown of the sadness? And I'm like, yeah, you know, I, I don't mind watching that again. Cause it in fact will make my end of the year list. Unless some, unless 10 other movies come out of the woodwork and blow me away. Mm-hmm. It's somewhere, it's going to be somewhere on that list. But on the second view, uh, I just I loved it even more, and so, and because I guess part of that is because I knew that we were going to be really talking about it, and you know trying to really break things down. So I was paying extra special attention to things, and I also was paying attention to cultural things, and uh, it's just like ah, uh, and I and I say this in our review. Um, which is up, by the way, if any, if there are any of my patrons out there who are listening and you haven't heard it yet, it, it is on Patreon. But um, one of the things that I talk about is how, you know, we are viewing this through a Western lens. And the if you view it through a Taiwanese lens, the things that they're doing are, are even more... Um, I don't even want like offensive, I guess. Right, right. Like uh, just transgressive or something. Then yeah, then what we even think they are. Because in the Taiwanese culture, you know, winking at someone is considered rude. You know, and there is a very specific scene in that film where the umbrella businessman winks at someone. And I thought at the time, and this is on the train, I thought at the time he was winking because he was making fun of what he had just done, you know, with the umbrella and i was like oh i was like oh you that's just mean well then when i started really thinking about it i was just like god that's that goes even deeper than him just being a shit um it's even there's just added insult on top of that that's a just a very cultural thing so i started paying attention to little things like that throughout the movie and i was just like god this is so good it honestly it is to me the best film we've had that's pandemic centric to come out of the pandemic. I just, I just absolutely adore it. Yeah. That's an interesting question. I don't, I don't know what movie that would be for me. Um, huh? I, I mean, it's, I, you know, we've, I don't want to totally relitigate the sadness, but you know, I, I do agree that the sadness is really good. Um, I just, I don't want to, I don't want to feel that bad. Well, and, a movie. <laughs> no, and I, I, I understand, you know, I also equate it to uh, like the crazies, but, you know, obviously 
somebody took the crazies and poured gasoline all over it and lit it on fire. Yeah. But like at the end of the cra- the original Romero crazies, when they actually find a cure and the guy's running out to find a cure and then uh, it gets smashed and he gets killed. And so then you're like, well, fuck, there went our only hope. That's kind of like I feel uh, about the end of the sadness. And it's, it just, it is depressing as hell. But at the same time, I have such a good time with the gore. It's so over the top. And just, and even though it's horrible, I mean, it is a, just horrible situations. There is a depth there where like you see the people, the infected people, like they'll have tears running down their face and the doctor at the end, you know, makes a statement. He's like, he's like, I think they know what they're doing. They know what they're doing is wrong and they can't stop it. And that's why they're crying. And they, they're, you know, hence the sadness. And that just, when I watched it the second time, and I had really just been into it, like just, you know, zeroed in on it when he made that statement. And I was thinking back to all the different people we saw throughout the movie that just had tears running down. It just one, it made it that much more tragic. I mean, holy shit. I mean, if, if I thought it was tragic to begin with now, it's even, you know, that much more tragic, but it also added a layer to it that made me appreciate it that much more. It's just, is this who we are? Is this who we are as base humans? If you remove that governor in our brain that teaches us how to interact socially, is this what we become? Yeah. I mean, it's, um, it's, I mean, it's definitely a film that makes you think, and it's definitely a film that will leave an impression, but we had, uh, the, the woman who had requested the review, she actually listened to it and then wrote back to us. And she's like, you know, I don't often, she's like, I really like practical gore, but I don't often watch films that have this much wholesale violence. And if I do, it's usually a one and done. Like I only want to see it once and then I never want to see it again. But something about this film draws me in. And I agree with that. You know, I, I, I'm kind of the same, you know, I don't necessarily, now if it's something like comedic gore, that's totally different. Um, like a, like a Raimi movie or something, but you know, something that is this serious, I typically would be like, okay, I'm, I'm kind of worn out now. Like I don't need to see that again, but with this one, there's something more to it. And it, uh, it does draw me in. So. Yeah. I don't think, you know, it is a good movie and it is effective at what it's doing. Um, you know, I just, oh my God, it's so, it's so grim. Um, no, it, it is. It's very grim. And then you get to the end and it doesn't help. <laughs> it doesn't, right, yeah. Like you, you don't have that reprieve of hopefulness at the end. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like the, the end of the movie is the most grim, uh, part of the film. So, um, I think that is probably going to wrap it up this month, Jamie. All right. Well, uh, I mean, we did some we did some stuff. We did there, some talking about. Yeah, you know? there was. There if was, anybody thinks we didn't, they're eat up with the dumbass. They are a hundred percent ate up with the dumbass, uh, and you should see a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> see how dumbass can work for you. Um, but uh, before, I think we did that like for four years. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're not wrong. <laughs> Uh, sorry. <laughs> I yeah. Uh, how about you tell people where they can hear more 
from from you about the sadness, among other things. Well, if you really want to, you can uh, check me out on Horror in the House of Salmons, which is available on Anchor and uh, pretty much anywhere that you can find podcasts. So you can just search us up for Horror in the House of Salmons. I also just did a guest spot on a brand new show that Mike Merriman is doing. It's so brand new. I don't even remember what it's called, mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, I'm I'm on the second episode where uh, he talks to people about movies that kind of shaped them. It doesn't have to be horror, but for me, it was horror. Uh, and we talked about Salem's Lot. Oh, so, sure. Yeah. So that was a lot of fun. Yeah, that remake is coming pretty soon. Who's doing that? Uh, hang on. I will tell you. Um. I want to say that it was not something that made me feel encouraged. Oh, Uh, damn. Hang on. Uh, Salem's Lot 2023. Oh, Alfred Woodward's. Uh, It is the guy who did... um, What did he... He directed Annabelle Comes Home. And he wrote... Uh, Annabelle comes home as well. Um, <laughs> wrote it. Wrote, the guy who wrote the it wrote uh, the nun. Oh, um, it chapter two, the cabin house. Uh, so he's kind of all over the place. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's very. He did the. He wrote the uh, witches remake. Um. So you know. He has written movies that people have enjoyed. I just haven't been among them. <laughs> With the exception of it. Like, I enjoyed that first part of it, but I, I didn't care for the second part. Um, so he does have some some experience adapting Stephen King. Okay. Well, I mean, I will see it. What can I say? I'll see it. And we'll see. I just don't imagine that anyone, honestly, even to this day, I don't see anyone topping what Hooper did with that miniseries. And there are some admittedly hokey moments in it because it was a TV thing. But I genuinely think that those are some of the scariest vampires I've ever seen. Yeah. Like, uh, particularly the Marjorie Glick one in the the funeral home. Like, holy fuck. Like, that, she terrifies the shit out of me. (laughs) So, uh, you know, you're going to have to work real hard to get better than that. Yeah, I I did uh, a reread of Salem's Lot not all that long ago, and that book the book still scares the shit out of me, much less the yeah. the Tobey Hooper film. So that is my favorite King novel. It's up there for me. I find it very very scary. I do too, and I've read it three or four times. Yeah, uh, since I was a kid, I, and it still works every time. Like I just think it's a very scary book. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think it's terrifying. Um, anyway, there's more. You people are just getting more than you deserve, quite frankly. Uh, it's because we love them. Yes. Uh, all right. Uh, and then come back next week for more uh, Dark Parade. Um, I think next week is probably going to be a um, a found footage fool episode. Um, perhaps with some incantation, but my plan is to do two or three uh, found footage movies for that episode to uh, make sure that it is long enough to keep everyone satisfied and keep the wolves at bay. And, uh, and my classes 
are done in a couple of weeks, so it'll be a return to normal uh, around here as far as uh, the regular show releases. So um, very soon. Uh, but as always, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, thank you to the lovely, the talented, the generally vertical Jamie. <laughs> generally. <laughs> generally vertical Jamie, which is uh, that t-shirt I got for you that you refuse to wear. Um, for for being with me on another episode of What You Watching. So say goodbye, Jamie. <laughs> goodbye, Jamie. Bye.